0: Welcome, I'm Tom Logri, Executive Editor of Advent Christian Voices, and this is The Interview, the podcast that's dedicated to bringing you interviews with denominational leaders and audio from the various meetings from across our denomination. Uh, In this episode of The Interview, granted, I recognize we haven't had many interviews Episodes of the interview, but in this episode, uh, what we are providing to you is audio from a town hall forum that was held at the Eastern Regional Annual Convention, the 2019 Eastern Regional Annual Convention, and which the there was a question that was considered uh, that prompted some really interesting conversations. Uh, the question that the forum discussed was why do you think denominational giving has gone down among our churches? And as you listen to the following responses from those who are gathered, I think you'll pick up on a certain theme in their responses, which is that there's a sense in which there's a felt need for restructuring within our denomination uh, you'll notice no one in the forum comes in with any cast iron solutions but it's clear that a conversation has begun and so i encourage you to listen i encourage you to comment uh, some of your thoughts and perhaps it'll even inspire an article from you and i'd certainly encourage you to submit those to having christian voices so without further ado I present to you this forum discussion in which the question is considered: Why do you think denominational giving has gone down among our churches?
1: Uh, so, towards the towards the end of our time together, I'd um, I'd like to shift gears a little bit and uh, give you an opportunity to share the things that you're looking forward to in the coming year, the, the things that uh, you know, you're, you're hopeful for, that, uh, that, that you're really looking forward to. Um, but sort of in the middle, uh, you know, we, we face some challenges as well as a, as a network of churches, right? Steve this morning mentioned something about um, penny crusade giving, uh, and I know that, uh, at least for the region, that's been an ongoing question. Uh, the question of giving, the question of, of budgets, uh, and so uh, one of the questions that was submitted to me for consideration was uh, if um, if you are not, or you, you can phrase it generally, or answer it specifically, uh, why don't we as churches support things like Penny Crusade um, more fully? Uh, why don't we? Why aren't we willing to support? Um, the, the region and the denomination through United Ministries giving. Uh, and you can answer that generally. Or uh, if, if you're a church that has backed off on that and are willing to answer that question specifically, then feel free to do so.
2: So I'll just say just and love you. I mean, we're trying we're, I'm, I'm working on it. One of the things that uh, Dr. Palmer mentioned last night, which I thought was, was it last night? Or this morning, I don't recall. I think it was this morning, that, um, that increasingly in his church, there are very few people, or a, a lesser number of people, who have a tie to the denomination that founded, the, their heritage. And I know at a church like ours, that's a big concern. I mean, we don't have many people, for whatever reason, that identify themselves as Advent Christian. Um, even at the leadership level, even though the pastors are very Advent Christian, you know, increasingly the boards, I think, in our churches, and I guess I'll speak maybe for some of the other churches I pastored as well, you know, the boards and the, the leaders, um, there's a, you know, th- there's not that sentimental, emotional, burdened tie to the heritage. And so I think when you're in those budget meetings, and I think when the, when the issue of support comes up, there's not that first importance, you know, when, when they're starting to, and I think they're more interested in, in branching out. So uh, increasingly, I think, as a, lead, you know, as a pastor, they're willing to yield to us just because, well, you know. But w- and I think increasingly as pastors, we're having to argue to our own boards the merit of being Advent Christian or giving to Advent Christian. That's a struggle. Know, so just for conversation's sake here, it's still an argument I'm willing to make and trying to make. Um, and it's, you know, and it's, not for, it's not for lack of desire on general conference or regional to come and visit to help us understand what everybody's doing. Th- I feel like you're doing all you can and, and you're providing all the necessary materials. I don't know. You know that, that I guess that's one thing I would share is that I don't know. I think fewer and fewer Advent Christian people in the pew see themselves as Advent Christian.
3: So. Uh, toward that, I wanted to say that, um, how important it is, I believe, for you. Uh, I Being in Hawaii, it's kind of isolated, you know, like what the only Advent Christian I know out there, me and my wife. So uh, for us, we get a stipend every month, believe it or not, from uh, the Western Conference. I wasn't able to be there uh, this year because I was in uh, Malaysia at the time they were having theirs. So that's one of the reasons I came here. But and that's a very small stipend. It's only like five hundred dollars a month. But for me, the the value of that is far greater than the 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 dollar amount because it 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 reminds me that I'm being supported. You know, and, and I've got people standing behind me, and that's such a great encouragement. That's much much more valuable to me, believe me, than that amount, just to know they're there. And so, you know, Rick asked me to send him a little something. And I, one other thing I just wanted to say, I get the opportunity to preach at the uh, Fort DeRussi Chapel, because I'm a retired chaplain there. And, and so they let me use that facility for free, which is wonderful, because it's right in the center of Waikiki, the densest population. And I go out street evangelism during the week, and I invite people. I say, hey, just come to this beautiful chapel right here in the middle. It's just a walk, and, and just about every week we have new people coming because of that. And I'm so grateful for that. And, and anyway, I, I only preach there maybe once every other month because there's a lot of active duty chaplains there uh, who all want to preach there. So, But anyway, the last time I preached there, I preached on – and I was a little hesitant to preach on this particular subject because uh, I'm an Advent Christian, you know, and I preached on uh, uh, the rich man and Lazarus, Okay? But uh, i uh, it was so amazing, because after I got done that, I had people come up saying, hey, can I come to your Bible study? I mean, I've never heard anybody preach like that before. And uh, so it was like, I thought they were never going to let me preach in that place again after I did that. <laughs> but um, so you have to be, and, and that's one of the things about uh, the ministry is that there's so much to preach about the uh, Advent Christian doctrines just don't come up that often, but if you if you if you if you want, you can you can put them in there, uh, because you can see the uh, the implications. The implications are so far-reaching, uh, and I think if you just keep that in the back of your mind and and recognize that that people really want to know these things, and they have a, a tremendous effect upon their motivation. You know why they do what they do.
4: advance uh, the Oxford Avon Christian Church. Uh, I, I have a view that's a, a little different I- as far as um, denominational connectivity um, isn't valued as much as it used to be. I agree at that point there. Um, how it's tied into how people give and support the denomination um, I think is viewed more um, it, the challenge is because it's viewed as a, as a transaction between a church and a group of people we don't know, as opposed to a transformative relationship in which we're part of a collective body of churches that together can do more good than we can do on our own. And and so we have to kind of change our own views away from what's in it for me, what's the ROI, return on investment, um, how are we measuring this, as opposed to saying we have an opportunity to do more together than we can do on our own. We have a mission that's bigger than us. There are lost people in the world. There are unreached people in this world. Our domination is willing to go and build those relationships and do that hard work that we can't do on our own. If we put $500 towards this, it only goes so far. But if everybody put $500 towards it, we can go very far. And that was what drove us to become a conference of conferences. Not Advent Christians. I mean, that, that drove us, that was relational for a while, it was identity for a while, but in today's world, where identity is blurry, right? Even denominational identity is blurry, and not a motivator, but the opportunity to be bigger than ourselves, the corporate church that Jesus came to establish should be, and could be, a link that regenerates the excitement that we need, and so, if you don't understand why I'm saying look up transformational leadership as opposed to transactional leadership and there's a difference between the two and it impacts how people give to our churches, it impacts how we lead it impacts how we follow and it's how we view our relationship with Christ too, he's about transformation the transaction's done, we're paid for they're paid for We, we we, we can't beat that but the transformation that he offers is, is really what we need to invest in. And so um, Penny Crusade is just, just an example of that, but I, you know, I, I agree that denominationally we don't know what's going on, but not shame on them, but shame on us sometimes. Um, that we, we don't celebrate enough um, what the greater things are happening corporately as opposed to kind of in, individual. So transformation as opposed to transaction. I'll stop there.
5: Uh, my name is Josh Tate. I'm pastor at State Road up in northern Maine. And uh, shortly after I got there, we made a decision as a church to uh, st- make a strategic withdrawal from Penny Crusade. So to go directly to your question, Josh, you know, if you're, if you're a church that's not doing that, why? Uh, we love our connection with this network of churches. We love Advent Christian history. I have grown up my entire life in Advent Christian ministries, Advent Christian homes. Uh, There is no lack of familial bond in me for all of you. Uh, Dean Inge of St. Paul's Cathedral wrote a book. He's dead now. And I don't actually know the man. But (laughs) I just read a quote of his. He wrote a book, the central premise of which was that, over time, every institution becomes the opposite of what its founding principles were. So if you take the USSR, for example, which is founded in opposition to czars, over time the head of the party becomes essentially a czar. The United States founded on separation of powers, on individual liberty, responsibility, over time we become a bureaucratic state, red tapes everywhere, centralized power. It just happens over time, and it happens in Christian movements. And when we know that Advent Christians were founded on the principle that the time is short, Jesus is coming back any day. And we need to be serious about the business of world missions, taking the good news of the gospel to the far reaches of the world to win the lost. As a church leader, the great pressing need that pressed in on my heart, my mind, was not funding for Penny Crusade, but a lack of enthusiasm for world missions more generally in the pew. And what I identified, I think, right or wrong, this is my thinking, is that the form of our giving through Penny Crusade is actually an impediment to wedding the hearts of our people to world missions. Jesus said, where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. He was speaking about heaven. But the principle, I think, is also true for things like this, where when you give to everything, you give your heart's passions to nothing. And penny crusade is just too nebulous. It's too poorly defined. It's a giving to every need that we're possibly involved in. Without any sort of a prayer concern for an individual place, or a name, or a church. And so what I wanted very much for my church was to have a few missionaries that we were intimately connected with, where we knew their names, we knew their needs, we stood ready 12 months a year, 365 days, to come to their assistance if they needed it, in prayer, materially, to go be present with them, And I saw the giving of Penny Crusade as an obstacle to that. And I wanted to retreat to something that I felt was more relational, that that joined our giving to a movement of the heart towards a specific place, a specific people, a specific missional effort. And so we've begun that process. And it's been messy. It's been controversial. Some people have viewed it as a retreat from our connection denominationally. You know, I think in every church there's those people my brother John was talking about that don't identify as Advent Christians, and then there are those who are deeply steeped <laughs> in Advent Christendom and smell betrayal in the effort. Um, but I really think we need to get back to those founding, foundational principles that first governed us as a people, which is we've got to take the good news to people now. The, the situation is desperate, but our churches aren't. What are we going to do about that? Uh, Years ago, I played on a fantasy, I I participated in a fantasy football league for the first time. You guys ever done that? (laughs) And uh, I'm a Redskins fan, so I only cared about the Redskins, but when I was on a fantasy football team, all of a sudden I had these players from all these other different teams, and I started being more invested in the games they were playing on, you know? I'd turn on the TV and I'd say, oh, that's my receiver. Neither of the two teams were the Redskins, but I sat down and watched with great interest. And I think this is essentially what happens when you tell your people in the pews, you're not just giving to the great cause of world missions, you're giving to a specific church, a specific missionary effort in a specific place. This is the need. This is the person we're connected to, relationally, missionally. And I think that's powerful, that's needed in our churches. And I think Penny Crusade is poorly designed to address that problem, is my personal opinion.
6: I hesitate to stand up and say anything after that, <coughs> <coughs> but I think most everything you just said is true, and that's what the question is. What do we do with that? What do we do with pastors who are thinking like that, churches, churches who are thinking like that? What do people like me who are steeped in the traditions do with people like you, with churches that think like that? That's the question, isn't it? Or torches and pitchforks off the table. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, I was, think, I was thinking 50 years ago he could, he could not, yeah, thank you. <laughs> 50, year, 50 years ago he could not have said that in this, in this uh, venue. It would have been dangerous for him to say it. But we've come to a time where we have to think about these things. So I'm glad you said it, and I'm glad we're having the discussion. I don't have any answers. Um, I'd love to have Darren come, I think I would, to come to our church <laughs> and, and, and use those fancy words, because I don't have time to do that. I love it when my people show up, okay, and I have an hour to share the gospel of Christ with them. I, I don't know where I get to have this conversation with them. Um, it won't happen in quarterly business meetings, because they don't come to that, okay, but um, Barely get them out to annual meeting. Am, am I alone in that? Um, I think that's, I think you're, you're right on with what you're saying, and I really appreciate what you just said. I don't like what you said, <laughs> but I believe that's the issue, and, and we do need to talk about it, and, and maybe we need to be praying about it more. But I think unless the Holy Spirit gets a movement going among us, the new generation, and the steeps all together, something new has to take place, or something will take our place.
5: I I would be remiss to say, though, that uh, speaking as I do on behalf of State Road Church, that what we did was not a withdrawal from missions generally. In that same year, we increased our missions giving dramatically. Uh, and the church is willing to go out on a limb and invest in missions in a very uh, strident way, a, a sacrificial way. And so I was really pleased to see that they really have a heart for missions. And so it really is not about budget saving or anything like that. There was an increase in, in missions giving, but just wanted to be more strategic in how we did it. Can I put you on the spot a little bit? Sure.
1: Uh, so you, you increased your missions giving. Mm. Uh, at the same time, I believe that you decreased the total number of individual missions works that you supported, correct? Yes. Uh, so what was, what was the rationale behind that?
5: Well, again, uh, just the idea that we were giving to so many things that the, the heart of our people failed to settle on any of them. And so just as a church leader, the, the felt need was to stir people to a high concern for the great cause of world missions, for the Great Commission. So we needed to streamline our giving. We needed to focus more and um, settle our prayers, settle our attention, our focus, our giving on fewer works. Um, You know, and Dr. Palmer mentioned this in his thing last night, but when he came to Abraham and made his covenant with him, he said, through you all the nations of the earth will be blessed. From the very beginning, God's intention was to bless the nations through his people. You know, at the Great Commission, he said, uh, go and make disciples of all nations. This idea of going out to the nations is so central to God's purposes that if a church fails to embrace that, we, we, we can't go with God. I think his... Power. I mean, so much of what we do as pastors is we're fighting for the power and function of our church. And I don't think this is a peripheral conversation. I think this is so central to God's heart for his purposes in these days that we need to be very intentional and strategic in the way that we talk to our people about stirring them up to world missions. And so it it seemed to some people like we're doing less. But (laughs) But I feel very strongly... That we're doing more by focusing the attention on a narrower target, because when you're just aiming so broadly, so scattershot, it seems to me that the people's hearts and imaginations never settled on anything, and that was a concern to me. Yeah. Just
7: from ACGC standpoint, and as from my personal standpoint as well, um, Penny Crusade has has been a longstanding element of supporting a. 35 country worldwide effort. Um, it does not erase the personal contact that you're talking about. As a matter of fact, for those that have viewed the Penny Crusade materials for the last few years, it centers on individuals and, and pastors and missionaries. Um, and Advent Christian churches can have personal contacts with those people. Uh, when I pastored at Lee's Chapel and John Middlewood was in Thailand, uh, John uh, reached out to him, and on Wednesday nights, our children's group with Skype. With him and his wife and the children there in Thailand, during service, and they supported the soup ministry there, and it built that relationship. We had people go to Honduras, and we supported Alturo in development of his church there. On top of Penny Crusade, and you know, Penny Crusade reaches out in a very wide spectrum, <coughs> and it is important for our churches to have that contact. Um, many years ago, when I first started uh, really reaching out, went to Russia with. Um, the Belarus Relief Organization, Bel- uh, ABRO. Uh, it was totally separate from the Advent Christian denomination. Uh, it was a contact that I made on a local level, but it increased our giving to Penny Crusade even on top of what we did with ABRO. So I think there is a diversity of being able to do both. Uh, I believe that Penny Crusade, although um, when I was at uh, the village church, uh, we had a very hard discussion on staff. That the concept of being crusade is outdated. You know, penny crusade. We need to say dollar crusade or hundred-dollar crusade to to do missions. But uh, it's hard to to break those the traditions. But I, I think what we're trying to do in the material that we've put out is introduce the churches of what's happening on the mission field on a personal level. There are interviews with pastors. There are interviews that are uh, involved with people who are doing the ministry. We have churches. That have adopted ministries. We had one church that actually built a sanctuary for a, a congregation uh, and made that connection. So I think what you're talking about can be done within our circles, uh, you know, in, in helping our churches see what's happening. Uh, one of the key elements that we've done the last couple of churches I pastored was instead of having three months of Penny Crusade, each Sunday a month we had a Penny Crusade Sunday, we had Mission Sunday. We used the material and we kept it for the people what was happening on the denominational level worldwide uh, all through the year as opposed to just in a very small segment and that was kind of kept in front of them. So I encourage you, you know, certainly we do want to have a heart for missions. And if anything that concerns me uh, is that we're getting away from our roots of being committed to uh, World Missions and reaching the unreached. Uh, one of the focus in the strategic plan, <coughs> you know, we've, we partner, um, probably a frustration from Jeff's standpoint, Jeff Walsh, uh, we still partner in those 35 countries, but our focus on our strategic plan is to reach to unreached people groups in the world today, and that's additional ministry to where we're going. So uh, it's a frustration for him uh, as we develop those partnerships to get people into areas of the world where you can't send a missionary because they're not allowed to go. Uh, um, you can send a nurse, you can send a teacher of second language, you can send uh, a doctor uh, short term, but you can't send a missionary there. But we have avenues that we're beginning to do that and that's exciting. And uh, some of those things you can't put in the newsletter because the country will know why you're sending them, but uh, it's, it's something that we have to do. But uh, I, I encourage you. Uh, I, I don't. Despite what you're saying, I, I think we do need to get our churches on a personal level with that. But we can do that within our own circles and continue to to, to work together.
6: Well, I see both points of view, and I liked what Darren had to say too. Um, but we we use the Penny Crusade material and. I really, it really resonated with me personally, the different countries and missions, but we also have personal missionaries that we support, that we know personally, so we can get behind them bec- because we know that we know Christy Ellis, we know, you know, so we do it. And I was going to say exactly what you said. I can see both, and that we can do both.
1: And ultimately, what we're talking about is is just a difference in in approach, right? It's not the it's not the work that we're, that we're discussing here, it's how we go about doing it.
8: Uh, Steve, could you really explain to us how the monies work? Like, like, like for example, I remember years ago, United Ministries, and even back then, we were talking about over 50 years ago, the conflict was, do we give to an idea or do we get to individual missionaries? It's not a new issue, it's not a new struggle, So I would be helpful to us, I think to me, to know exactly, do we give, do individual churches have apportionments to conferences, to our region, and then to ACGC? I always thought that Penny Crusade, all the funds went exactly to missions. Is that true? Or some of those funds go to operation, operating uh, needs and so forth, Could, could, could that be elaborated on? That might be helpful.
7: A number of years ago, um, the Executive Council shifted uh, how things were done. It's it's always been perceived that 100% of Penny Crusade goes towards missions because Penny Crusade does not raise the full amount of the budgeted materials, uh, budgeted funds for missions. Um, but as we looked at that, there was those questions, that kind of gray line of what that was. And it was decided... Actually, before I came on, I was on the council, but I was not executive director at the time, that um, there would be a change that 100% of Penny Crusade would be put into a missions budget, and that all the United Ministries would be divided by percentages just in, in regions and ACGC. Currently, uh, it varies according to the region of what that percentage is. Uh, I believe the eastern region, is it 49%, George? I think it's it's 49% of everything that's given to United Ministries, 49% comes back to the region, 51% goes to ACGC. There are other, Christmas in October, all of those funds go towards missionaries uh, in one form, fashion, or another. Some of it goes towards uh, Christmas bonuses, to various indigenous missionaries and retired missionaries. Some of it is, is used for emergency funds for missionaries to the year uh, to, to help out in those ways. Um, uh, the other appeals that we have, you uh, and I just wrote the letter for, is, uh, that's not United Ministries, That's that goes towards ACGC in support of that. The monthly ministry partners is ACGC in support of that. The United Ministries part of that is specifically divided between the two, I believe the region has fundraisers that they will do as well, uh, specifically for Eastern Region. Does that kind of un- muddy the orders a little bit? Okay, all right. Uh, if you look in Jeff's report, he actually gives exactly the percentage of what Penny Crusades ra- raises towards the the mission's budget. Okay. Uh,
9: Derek Irvin, uh, Vernon Advent Christian Church in Vernon, Vermont. Uh, so far, uh, we have only addressed the Pentecostate issue, which is valid in the discussion. It um, has been helpful, uh, but I believe part of the question was United Ministries. Um, a lot of our budget uh, downfall, and uh, we're going to be discussing that tomorrow, uh, is you're we're going to see that the United Ministries has diminished. So part of the question is, why are we as churches not giving overall uh, to United Ministries, which then funnels down um, that. So um, I'm going to throw that out as just to kind of a direct us back to the initial question. we discussed Penny Tuesday, but not United Ministries as a whole. And um, just throw that as a question. Uh, us personally, as a church, um, we we fully support uh, United Ministries with our giving. We also support Penny Tuesday. We also have. Uh, our own personal ministries, and we send a team uh, to Honduras uh, every spring, and so I just throw that out as um, a question to uh, us to ponder and think about, wha- is is there any benefit to giving as a whole? If we, p- if we do decide, you know, we want to pull away from some of these areas, what about the entire ministry as a whole? Is there any benefit to giving uh, to United Ministries, and why not, if that is the answer, so.
10: I've been retired from ministry now for um, almost 20 years. But uh, am I missing something? I, I I remember the inception of Penny Crusade. And one of the great benefits, I, I don't think we intended it, I don't think it was intended to be the, the sole uh, provider of, funds for, uh, for missions, but one of the things that it did in my pastorates, it made you could, it was an instrument that could, that these little children could get involved in. They could put their pennies in, or you could put $10 in. Uh, y- uh, everybody could, uh, almost everybody could, could get involved in that and feel a part of missions. I, I didn't quite hear that today. Uh, maybe I just missed something because I'm getting old. But uh, I think that's important, that these little children, along with all the rest of us, can have a part at, at least that much. It's, it's the pastor's duty, it seems to me, and other leaders in the, in the church, to get a hold of the, of the larger picture of giving and and get involved and get people personally to your church that can help folks that are out there in the workaday world, that are not in the pastoral world, that they're in the workaday world, help them to connect with the people that are actually getting the job done. In other words, people from the the field coming in to give their testimonies and, and, and let us know what they're doing. I, I, okay, I, I could preach for a while. But. <laughs> Thank you.
0: Um, I think getting to Derek's redirection, um, I think some of the lack of giving might be rooted in some dissatisfaction among our churches and having greater control and where their money goes and what they're giving to. Um, I think, I think it's kind of twofold. I think, again, what Josh was saying about the kind of the seeming nebulousness of penny crusade, I think that applies to United ministry. Um, And that you just give generally and the money goes everywhere and I think people respond much better to specific appeals and I serve on the Executive Council so I've had discussions I realize that there's policies in place that inhibit doing that um, but I nevertheless I think that's part of the cause behind why giving isn't higher it's because people aren't interested in giving to institutions they're interested in giving to causes and specific Needs and the and the money that they're giving actually going to those needs, not just simply highlighting that this is a need and your money will go everywhere and some of it will touch that. But they people want to give to something specifically. But in terms of the relationship between the region and ACGC, I I just think that there's churches out there that say, I'd really like to decide if I want to give my money to the region or to ACGC. I don't want Them saying, uh, "Well, we're going to give your money over here too. If I give to ACGC, I want to give to ACGC. If I give to the region, I want to give to the region." And um, honestly, I I I think that's kind of where my church is at, um, and I imagine that that's probably where a few churches are at.
11: I uh, used to have the unenviable title of Director of Stewardship and Tithing and for the denomination and uh, traveled around to talk about support for our denomination. I think probably the most helpful thing about uh, about um, being part of an uh, Advent Christian larger work, I heard from David Burge who was a pastor in New Zealand because Uh, when I went to New Zealand there were just a handful of people and he had people ask him why are you going to be an Advent Christian there's such a small group and he said um, it's relational he said uh, my family is not the best family in New Zealand but I'm going to eat Christmas dinner with my family not your family because I can't eat Christmas dinner with every family. And my family's not in competition with your family. And but I, if my family's in trouble, I'm going to accept more responsibility for helping my family than I will expect from you, who's not part of my family. And so... Uh, like in terms of of taking care of orphans. I know there are a great number of organizations that have uh, tremendous PR budgets to raise funds for orphans. But I think, who's going to take care of my orphans? That's how I try to think of the orphans in Advent Christian circles as my orphans. And, I see in one of the Timothys, I think 1 Timothy, Paul gives some guidance on on giving. And he said those, you've got to take care of your family first. Anybody doesn't take care of their family, he says it's worse than an unbeliever. And so I think the closer the relationship, I think this is one of the benefits of having a relationship with your missionaries is is the more personal a relationship, the more people instinctively understand their car broke down and nobody's taking care of that if we don't take care of that. And uh, so I, I think that I, I'm Advent Christian denomination doesn't have to be the best denomination in the world for me to be all in any more than my family has to be the best family in the world even though it is <laughs> for me to be all in for my family so I, I think we need to encourage people to, to be all in the family's not perfect but we worship a perfect Lord
5: Thank you. I think, you know, given United Ministries, it might surprise given what I said before, but at least as far as a church leader, I remain committed to uh, funding our denominational structures. Um, But as we've all seen the numbers and the graphs, the giving is going down. Churches' sizes are going down. We're not planting new churches. Um, The current trajectory of things is unsustainable regarding the three-tiered structure, I think. Having said that, I'm all in. You know, I, I <laughs> as far as expending my influence, I'm not the only decision maker in my church, and ultimately it comes down to votes, but I understand I'm an influential person as a pastor. And so I spend my uh, influence on this question in saying let's give to United Ministries. Let's give to the denomination. However, it does seem to me that the current system The trajectory does not look good going forward and either there will be a rearrangement of crisis and necessity or a course correction. And I think we need to spend some time as to what that needs to look like. Um, We're giving to the main state conference, the region, general conference, it's a lot. And um, I make the argument, but there are people within all of our churches who look at that giving when it comes budget time and we have big ambitious things, we want to potentially do this, do that, maybe hire new staff, and they look at that and they go, why are we doing that, or why are we doing that at this level, and you all know those conversations happen, and I spend my influence saying it's worth it, but I would plead with the powers that be to make a strategic rearrangement, a course correction, we need to get out ahead of this thing, because the way it's going doesn't look achievable to me. (laughs)
12: I, I, in all honesty, I I think what, let's just get down to dollars and cents, Um, let's just take Blessed Hope Hope Church here, really beautiful, nice, newish carpet, okay, but you go next door, you see we just spackled because you guys were coming, and there's a floor that needs replacing, so there's lots of places to spend money just in our local context, and then we've got the next three levels, and, and, Josh just mentioned a few, like a, a small smithereen of what we're giving to conference, regional, ACGC, and then we've got BICS. Then we've got Berkshire. Then we've got Advent Christian Retirement Communities, which we do retirement well. So well done. Well done. We've got some great facilities. But, and then we have not only that, because, you know, even at, as Berkshire meetings have talked about fundraising and everything. Um, w- we then have to go to even within those entities we're doing extra pushes for extra money uh, to, to uh, tackle things. So we've got to also ta- take into account, and, I'm, and this isn't saying merge everything. Um, I, I think that each entity has its own st- reasons for existing that are good, great, and wonderful. Um, but at the same time, at least on a denominational level, I, I, I'd agree with with Josh wholeheartedly, that we need to take a look at our structure um, and really sh- streamline what that means. And that's going to be super hard. And so I think, so, uh, and, and I'm not the type of guy that wants to think about super hard things and actually follow through on them. Um, I leave that to Kurt Beveridge in my church. So, um, but, but, you know, the, the reality is, Blessed Hope, I'll, I'll just talk about, talk about us. We've got a lot that we're trying to keep above water here, and that doesn't mean we don't care about missions, uh, but, but it's just the reality. I mean, CMP's filling up 401ks with what we're doing here right now, you know, because this stuff costs money. And I'm not saying that as a ploy to get money from the region. No, we, we are happy to have you here, but that's the reality. And at the same time, let's get honest, uh, with the new tax reform, uh, you have to be pretty wealthy to now get a kickback to give. Th- that, that's just the reality of where we're at. And unfortunately we would like to think all you know we're all really super spiritual and our people are going to keep giving anyway. but it's just not true. Um, and so uh, I, I, think, I I think we're at a hard place with some hard decisions and for those of us who remember the good old days, they're old days. We, we really do need to move into the forward, which is different, not worse, not less. It's just different. Um, and so I, I think the reality is we got to get creative and think, um, you know, because when I heard Josh talking, I was like, well, I learned a lot about individual ministries through the videos. through Penny We actually s- restarted P- Penny Crusade. And I will tell you, it was not super spiritual. It was, we paid off our mortgage, and then people were like, well, now can we start doing Penny Crusade? And I was like, sure, have at it. And we tried a pie-in-the-face thing to whoever lost the, the competition the first year round. Now we do a dunk tank, okay? Steve Baker, who was here with a, uh, uh, you know, he's missing one leg, even got in there, part of the fun. He volunteered for it. So that's the type of stuff that we do to to support Pentecracy, because it's fun, and we're also trying to support. But at the same time, we do have to have a hard uh, conversation about what levels are necessary because we are shrinking as a denomination and churches, and it's not just our denomination. I mean, we heard the statistic. What did he say? sixty thousand denominations? And I think only a couple are actually growing. I think we could probably count on one hand of the denominations of those 60,000 that are growing. Um, and then you have all the non-denominational churches, which they're just unconnected denominations. Um, so I, I agree with you, Josh. You know, I I wanted to run out with you uh, because I like you. So, uh, you know, it's th- our, our reasons for, we, as kind of Russell was talking about, we got to think f- our family first, and I think a lot of our churches that are either, you know, that are kind of maintaining are thinking our family first, and then we've got our extended family conference. Then we've got our extended, extended family region. Then we've got our extended, extended, extended family ACGC. And then we've got, uh, oh, and I didn't even include youth camps. Man, to stop giving to those puppies, I mean, Lakeside, come on. we got to keep that thing afloat. With our hands and our dollars, so we, we've got we've got lots of things that we need to think about in terms of where and, and you know maybe we need to have a big old discussion and bring uh, the top tiers of every entity seeking funds and say all right how can we work together? Not that we're stepping on each other's toes, but there's a we're asking a lot from a shrinking number of people.
13: Hi. Oh. Okay just now students from Portsmouth. Uh, I hear everything that's going on and pretty much understand the thoughts that have been shared. Uh, I've been having a Christian all my life. And uh, one thing I think that through the years there's always been a personal contact, more or less, with a missionary. Today, we have no missionaries as such. Uh, the personal t- contact is something that has been brought up to me. You wanna know who you gonna help. My other question is, uh, you know how many people receive the Thursday uh, email? That, uh, Jeff's no, I don't have an exact figure, um, I, I think the EU is about 300, and that's probably significantly less, less people apply for it. How, how many get the Thursday uh, email from Jeff uh, missions? How many read it? <laughs> uh That is a, that's one place where we can have a personal touch with what Our missions are doing. Uh, I guess, in my thinking, uh, as I said, I've always been a heaven Christian, but uh, not not too often Orthodoxists ever uh, mention. So which is more important to try to uh, be an avid Christian? So many churches have changed the name to have more uh, accessibility to their communities. Uh, so f- for me, which is more important, to avid Christian, or to be a Christian and share the love of Christ with our communities? Uh, So, like my brother says, we don't have all the answers. The other thing Russell brought up when he was at Portsmouth, he did serve on the uh, mission board. And uh, one thing he brought up, or changed, actually, originally, First Responders was, what was the name originally? Minute Man. So First Responders uh, does help certain cases, and uh, that's a good program. Thank you. Just one other
3: comment I wanted to make, what I believe to be the strongest motivation for supporting Advent Christian General Conference. uh, is having a passion for the distinctives of the Advent Christian denomination as a whole. And I think the the best way for the the denomination to increase its giving to the general conference is to also have a stronger passion for planting churches locally within your church. For some reason, uh, uh, that's just the way God works. I mean, when you look at the church in general in our uh, country, You see how it's been marginalized over the last 50 years or so? It's incredible. You know why? I think that's God's poetic justice. Because the church, the Christian church, has marginalized the poor. And in consequence, they are now being marginalized in our culture. And I believe that if we can have a passion for reaching people, uh, that that would really motivate us to want to plant churches locally around us and get behind that, Then, and also understand the Bible enough to know why we believe what we believe. In other words, what our distinctives are. I think that will solve the problem for uh, the support of the General Conference. Thanks. I'm
8: going to violate a biblical principle I think the Bible says somewhere that even a fool is considered wise if he keeps his mouth shut. And I would like the stature being viewed as wise. You're right, Josh. Our church at Stroudwater was built on those principles. For 27 years, we've gone to the mission field. We have personal relationships. They started in the denomination, but they they definitely moved away. You're right, we do need to slim down the denomination. There are too many places where we need to support, and I don't think we're big enough to do it. And I don't think that we receive, and this is going to sound really bad, value added to our churches from all levels. And so it becomes a selection process as to where we put our assets. I'm actually extremely optimistic that we're talking about this. I, uh, I've never been one for controversy or running towards the fire. Well, maybe once. But the point is that we have to address this problem. And I'm glad that you're talking about it. And I hope that... Uh, I, hope some, I, I think it's very positive. I don't think it's negative at all. And I like our distinctives. They're wicked cool. And when you uh, teach them without telling them that they're distinctives, everybody believes it. So it's a, it's a good way to go. <laughs> you just run right out there and they think that's the way it is. So from Portland, from Stroudwater Christian Church, um, I think that we would be extremely supportive of a venue that sought a new direction, of a slimming down of the denomination, and of a way of engaging our churches personally in a very um, relational way with our missions field. I think those are uh, healthy directives.
14: I, too, am a not a fool. Or I guess I am a fool because I'm not giving my mouth shut. Um, I'm Matt Rice, Oak Hill Bible Church, Oxford Mass. And just to go off of that point, I think that that starts in the local church. I think back often at times and my mom growing up in this denomination and having that heritage will reflect on the aunts and uncles that she had. And I think part of it, just looking at our own local congregation at Oak Hill, we don't, we invite people in and we engage as Christians, but does our Advent Christian denomination graft into our family well? Are we inviting people into each other? even at times just working through sometimes difficult distinctives that aren't always there or explicitly stated or walked through. I mean, we have a wonderful resource of the catechism that the work was gone into put forward. How many churches have used that? Here. If you're a church leader and you've used that in your church, raise your hand. Couple. Maybe that's where we start. Maybe that's how we can address the family issue that we have as the family of AC believers. I mean, it starts first in our church bodies. I I, I don't want to belittle that point that we need to be caring for and sustaining for and taking care of the needs of of the body, the local body. But as you begin to address those, you you can turn your eyes towards the larger body. And if you see someone, and just see someone in another church, another church that's 10 miles away, 20 miles away, 50 miles away, do you know their needs? Could you help pour into their needs with something small? Hey, uh, we've got this old thing that we're getting rid of, and could this be beneficial to you? or hey, we, we have this one thing, and maybe you could use it. Is there even that sort of connection anymore do we Do we walk with one another and bear another bur- bear another's burdens as the larger family i don't I don't know i I, I find myself asking these questions and wondering. How can we start to become closer knit? Because this is once a year, we get to see each other once a year, and it's it's a it's a tremendous blessing. But what about our congregants? Do they understand everything that's going on? Do we uh, are we filling all of the delegate roles and challenging people to step up and see what's going on? I I don't have answers, but I would challenge you to ask yourself those questions.